As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another episode of Tag the Roll. This is your host, Mark Schindler. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and colleague, co-host, Jake Rosen. Jake, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great today. We are here to finally talk about a couple prospects, one of which I feel like this podcast has happened over Twitter DMs and text for the past month, but now yep. we finally have our here guest our guest here uh, to kind of hash things out and put it all on the table, so I'm very excited for it. Yeah, and our guest is the one and only Ben Pfeiffer, our guy, formerly of uh, Prep to Pro and, and now of uh, Missouri's Finest Bachelor. Ben, how it's are you doing, like man? a year after. <laughs> like, I, was, I, I can't believe you even thought of that. Like, Oh, that's, that's what I think of. I mean, other than, okay, so when I, when I think of Ben Pfeiffer, I think number one friend, number two, Josh oh. Giddy. Number three, Missouri's finest bachelor. So <laughs> that was the first thing my mind went to. How are you doing today, pal? Um, a little worse now, but 
Oh, I'm kidding. I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm excited to talk about these guys on, you know, a, a podcast filled with such honor and integrity. I mean, I'm excited to be here. So <laughs> a ridiculous amount of honor and integrity. Jake, who are we talking about today? We have we're leading off with a guy we haven't talked about since I think the third podcast that we did together, talking strictly about Memphis when shit hadn't hit the fan for Memphis yet. Um, but now we're here to talk about Jalen Duran. So I, I asked you who we were talking about, but I, I said it now. Where do you want to get us started with this? Because uh, I think well, I know. Well, and I, I, I think I know that Ben and I come up at this from, from different angles than you. I mean, to start off, it's been a while because since we've talked about Jalen Duran, because I wonder why one would push off uh, watching the team he plays for and consuming that content. But we are here now. I want to start off because I don't think, and I think this is the thing we talked about on our first podcast, he's listed at 6'11", or was listed at 6'11". I think we can all agree he is not that. I'd probably lean closer to 6'9", maybe 6'9 So if we're, quote-unquote, true to size, a little undersized for a center, but has a freakish collection of tools, wingspan, pop time, vertical leap, you name it, he has it to make up for it, that or make up for it. So I want to start on the offensive end, and where do you guys think the size hinders him and where are you kind of just washing your hands a bit and saying it's not a problem um i would say that to a degree his size can hinder him um when he's like directly under the basket but for the most part i don't think it really like i don't want to say that it it isn't a hindrance at all but especially even on rolls because of his verticality and, and the pot that he has off of his front foot i'm not like it hasn't really been a huge bother bothersome factor to me yeah i'm not like hugely concerned um i'm not really i think i'd be a little more worried about it from an offensive perspective than a defensive perspective because i do think like you know like when he has like very large defenders around him who he can't just dunk over um i think you might have issues but like i mean as you led with he is like very ridiculous athlete like i think people um like i've seen a lot of comparisons uh, to like some of the other uh like rim runner type centers in this class um like mark williams and coloco um and, and guys like that and like oh what's the difference between duran um and these other guys who you can take later and it's like well duran's like a legitimately unbelievable athlete well these other guys like might be pretty good um, or might have like some athletic tools, but Duran is genuinely unbelievable. And like he has offensively, at least, I think the tools to be a really effective role man, like despite the, the limitations, like he, he is, he plays very functionally larger than his listed height. Um, I guess I suppose that it's like actual height because this listed height is, is, is he, like, he's not 6'11". Like I'm pretty sure like, like didn't he measure at like USA basketball camps at like 6'9"? Um, uh, he might have. I hope Mikey yeah. V is listening to this because yeah. we could tap him for those measurements. But okay, someone will get a DM if he sure. is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he plays above his eyes. Like, it, talk about like functional ability to apply your tools. Um, Enduring with a ton of length, um, really awesome vertical explosion. Like he's there was a like a I think Todd Whitehead posted a graphic of like handedness finishing where Dern is like finished every single layup with his right hand, um, which while like isn't a wonderful thing, um, it's like like a, a very good majority of his rim attempts are just dunks. 
because yeah. no one can really stop him from dunking. So, I mean, I was a little long-winded, but I'm like, I, I definitely, I, I definitely think there's some concern for, for him. Like, um, cause like if he can't impact as like an off ball score, um, like I, I don't really believe in, I'm not sure how much like the touch or the craft is going to make up for that size, but like, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not like that worried. Okay. So let me kind of pivot this away because I have one biggest concern with where the size impacts it, but you guys could easily come back and say it doesn't matter. And it might not matter. Um, that's on the post-ups. I think it's very much evident his size is a hindrance there. It does, isn't able to create any easy looks. All the post hooks and jumpers are extremely contested just because for the most part, the guys are bigger than him and taller than him. So I think as a post-up threat and a face-up guy in the short corner or short mid, I think that's where it raises the eyebrows the most for me as something to like, hey, this could be worrisome, um, which I think all ties into what is his scoring upside? What is the overall offensive upside? So I want to ask you guys, where do you see him being most effective and what is a plus plus or even plus offensive Jalen Durant look like? Well, I think for me, like I don't even I don't want to sound dismissive to like what his overall offensive impact could be. But I think I'm so into him as a prospect because of how good I think the defense is and more like, well, I shouldn't say is, but how good I think it will be. Because as we'll get into, like, I just think that there's so much that he could improve on that is like so low hanging fruit is like an unfair way to put it, but stuff that I think will get repped out with time. And I do think too, not to keep hedging, but like he is legitimately extremely young, like obviously somebody who reclassed. So I do think he's somebody who deserves a little bit of leeway. Um, But as for the offense, like I'm not worried about the post-up stuff because I do think that's something like I would be interested to see whether or not an NBA team, and I think part of it will depend on where he goes, um, how much he'll get leeway to actually try some of that stuff. Um, I've been like a little bit encouraged, at least just in his willingness to try things and to to see what it looks like. Um, I think I'm less worried about just the size being a hindrance. Like I am legitimately encouraged by the face-up game because I know that was something he experimented with a little bit, um, you know, in high school. Um, So seeing that come through now has been nice as the season has gone on. We can talk more about the jumper in depth later, but I think it's more about to me, it's showcased more of his passing vision. Like, I don't think that his passing vision is anything amazing, but I also think he's shown enough where like the ideal version of him for me is somebody who can, okay, if he gets a small wing on him off of like a switch pick and roll, is he able to mash him in the post? I'm pretty confident he'd be able to do that or at least draw fouls because like, like Ben talked about with functional strength, he is so good going up with the ball in his hands um, and without and his losing hands are the ridiculous. ball. Too. Yeah. Like his hands are very, very good, which is like, if he had worse hands, I would feel different, but like, he's so good at, at not losing control of the ball. Uh, so for me, like, I think ideally he's just going to be a really good DHO operating center who can, you know, like, I think the ideal version of him is going to have a jumper, uh, from mid range, like not a super consistent one, but just more like, okay, if you're left open at 16 feet, can you make the defense pay for leaving you open at 16 feet? Like, can you dribble into a small pull up? If you're afforded the space, can you, uh, you know, go into a quick post up and, and punish the defense for leaving you open? Like, I think that he has the tools to do that and he's shown some of the ability to do it already. Um, so to me, like, it's less about him being a plus plus offensive guy, but can he play off of a plus plus offensive guy and, and take advantage of the space that's going to be afforded to him? And I think he's going to be able to. 
Can I interject with a yeah. couple of stats real quickly? We were joking before about how we're not typically a stats podcast, but I have a couple podcast. of numbers. <laughs> I think, and I, I think, yes, and we'll get to the defense later. And I think that is on that end, his ability to leverage the tools and lean into that for the most part. And along with some processing as a primary rim protector, um, I think that enables him to be much more dominant there. And we'll get to that. The offense I'm a little bit worried about, to be honest. And we can outline. So on post-ups, he is averaging a mere 0.69 per possession, points per possession on post-ups, shooting 36% out of them. And those attempts are corroborated on film. He's getting stonewalled. He's getting pushed around. The looks aren't easy. It's not like he's missing open looks for a lack of touch. He's just not really generating good ones consistently. And as for the shooting, look, shooting projection is really hard to put your finger on, but I don't personally love the mechanics. The shot is pretty flat. He's shooting 58% from the foul line and has taken one three-pointer all season long. There's not a lot there for me to just be willing to bet on that. Um, If you guys have things to go against that or stats or just – I test stuff, be my guest, but I just think those two things, especially along with the processing and passing, which I'm sure we'll dive deeper into, I think just like he's a little bit further away in those two aspects specs specifically. I don't think I disagree. I don't think he's going to shoot really. Yeah, no, I don't think he's going to shoot three. But I also don't really care. Um, Like I think there's like this kind of this idea is like, it's like if you're not a star center, like a, like a, like if you're not like, even even like, like pre like nuclear and bead or so whatever, like, but like, if you're going to play, you got to shoot threes. Um, and I just don't think that's true. Um, I think, you know, I, I think there's, we're kind of seeing more and more um, that you can very much be a viable offensive big man um, without just being like one of the best ones in the league. And also, without being a great shooter, just like with, with cutting and finishing and, and passing and, and connective actions. Um, not like, like I, I do wonder about Duren's, um, about Duren's scoring. Cause I mean, I mean, I think the biggest like swing for him, if you want to say is just like, to what extent he knows what he's doing. Um, because I think that varies um game to game at this point and i also just think it's like really difficult to to fairly evaluate that in like in this memphis context like i like i think it's clear that he's like not great um like like he's not like elite because i think it'll like 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 elite processors are wherever they are but i don't really like i don't think i can really place you know how good he is definitively after watching like almost all of memphis's games this year probably just because, like, for so much of the, the season, they just didn't let him do anything. Um, and they don't really have any support around him. Um, like, n- none of their guys pass. Um, a lot of their guys don't shoot um, or really cut. It's like it's a, a, a talent. It's what? Very much a roster. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, like a it's <laughs> like a team with, like, a lot of, like, very talented individual players that just, like, very much don't support a lot of their talent. Um, but I do think there's been at least slight processing improvements from the beginning of the season from doing absolutely nothing to what was it like that, like, like Iowa state games, like the Alabama games, like starting to do stuff, but like really, really slowly. Um, and to, and, and I think in some recent games, he's been just like moving the ball and, and seeing actions on offense, like a little bit quicker. And for someone really young and with those kind of tools, um, I think that's pretty valuable. And I think 
like the learned reads that you kind of need for Duran to get to like neutral or just above on offense aren't impossible to teach in in the right context. Um, so like while I I think like I don't really care for much of his offense aside from like roll finishing and, and dunker spot and stuff like that. Um, I'm just like not sure how much it really worries me overall because I think as long as you're um, like not totally able to like leave Duran and forget about him, um, I think you'll be good, which I think it's a possibility. Um, because I was just going to say like for me, the offensive stuff that worries me is we are kind of universally in agreement that the shooting projection doesn't look great. And while it's, it's, it's irresponsible to rule out anything, especially development wise in this aspect, the bet itself isn't all that enticing. The processing you've been said, you know, there's learned reads, there's some improvements in just playing swiftly and acting timely. I see some of those, but a lot of them are, as you said, learned reads that are, you know, derived from him getting gravity that I don't think he deserves as a scorer. I'm not doubling Jalen Duran in the post in, in the NBA. There's no reason to. He's not going to punish me. And I'm glad I'll let my center play one-on-one defense in the post as a scorer. And if he wants to kill me there, he can kill me there. I'm not going to give him, give him a window to hit me with a skip pass. And then in just terms of the in terms of all that stuff together, I do think he's going to be a very good role man. His catch radius is absurd he has great hands as you guys mentioned and the one stat uh, courtesy of synergy that kind of ties your points all together is he has 42 possessions as a post-up guy and 23 possessions as the pick and roll roll man yeah like not it's exactly just, catering to, it's just not, not exactly catering to your five-star strength it's, it's uh, just like, not great so um, it, I'm not here to say, oh, he's not producing, therefore I'm not enthralled or I'm not willing to project. Like I am very much willing to admit and acknowledge that the context is less than ideal. And that's probably even being a little too nice. It's very it's not conducive to his skills whatsoever. But I do think you still have to take what you're seeing at face value and understand that the shooting projection is a little bit off. He hasn't necessarily shown a ton of ball skills and the post of stuff and processing, not so much there as well. So while he does have this one potential really good skill and it isn't unfortunately being tapped into at all, you kind of have to wonder what is the possibility that you could just leave your guy out on an island or play him one-on-one and kind of tranquilize most of the stuff that isn't pick and roll, real man related. Well, I think if, um, yeah, I think if like you're going to like, that's why, like, like I, I kind of worry about like Duran's stock falling, um, because like I think as you're kind of alluding to, um, if you just kind of like throw him out there, um, like play him next to another big, like space him on the perimeter, um, or like don't really you know have any offense that kind of caters to him, um, then yeah, he's probably gonna look pretty lost, um, at least right away and maybe you know for for all. But I think, like, I. I I do think it doesn't, it won't take that much ingenuity um, to just like feature him in an offense where like you give him like quick high post touches um, or like you give him um, like just like rolls and or, or have him like cutting actively. There's like, like there's so many things I don't know about Duran that I really want to know. Like, can he, like, can he be like, is he someone who can, you know, like fake a DHO and if the space is there, like dribble, like fairly uncontested to the rim? Can he like make smart cuts from the dunker spot um, into like the seven foot area? And like, 
I just like don't know because Memphis doesn't ask him to do that. Um, like that's just not a part of their offense. So I don't know. I mean, like I'm not like so confident on on Duran as an offensive player. Um, I, I I think he could be okay. I think he could be bad. Um, but also, um, so Duran this year has 65 makes at the rim. Want to guess what percent of those are dunks? Like, uh, I at least 40. 85. <laughs> we got, uh, you said 40, you said 85. Wait, wait, how many, how many makes total? 65, you said. 65. What percent? Oh, of I said 85%. Oh, what percent? Yeah. Oh, I was giving yeah. you a number. What percent oh. of his 60, of his 65 rim makes are dunks? Uh, yeah, it's probably 75, 80. It's actually around 70, but okay, which is still pretty crazy. Like, and like, he is like a really, really great athlete. Um, and like, I, I, I just don't want that to be like undersold. Um, it's like, I, I do think like there is a potential for like this one trait that is just very, very, very elite to like have Duran like just float above water. I mean, yeah, I think I want to go in through a couple areas. Number one, on uh, non, uh, non-paint non jumpers uh, and stuff that isn't from three, shooting 40.6%. It's 32 attempts. It's not perfect. But, like, again, I, I do think, like, just to go off to, I don't, like, I would dispel any notion that I think he's going to shoot from three. Like, I think maybe it's possible, obviously. You never want to, like, completely throw it away. But I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I also don't really care either. Like, I think um, – I mean, he's weird too because his wingspan is so freaking long. Yeah. Um, like he's one of the guys who I think like kind of similar to. I'm trying to think of a guy right now, but like we we've just seen like so many massive wingspan athletes come in and actually be like better shooters from face up situations than from the free throw line, just because when you have a wingspan that's not compact like that, it it just I don't know. We've seen guys have issues with it from the free throw line. Um, as for the rolling and everything, like I'm with Ben. I think again, part of it too is like what it goes into talking about the defense. Like I just think the defense is going to be that good, like that level of good, where I think he's going to have the opportunities to really rep these things out. Like it's obviously not perfect, and it's eschewing a lot of context. Like Clint Capella played with James Harden for the first six years of his career, but like I think to me, like Jalen is a guy with the same kind of verticality and catch radius, and, and maybe even a better catch radius and just ability that Clint Capella has will also, I think what I find encouraging is that, well, the post-ups aren't necessarily something I think we're going to see a lot of in the NBA. I do think like showing the ability to scan the floor and make reads from there does encourage at least for what he could do in terms of learning those reads and maybe growing in, instead of just being a learned read guy to being able to make some more advanced passes the wrong way to put it, but like just making more passes that aren't just like straight mechanical. Like, I think that there's stuff there. Um, like, I don't know. I don't, I, again, I think it's eschewing a lot of context to make like direct comparisons, but like we've seen Bismack Biombo look competent playing alongside Chris Paul. And I think Jalen Duran's like obviously a million times better of a processor and how he sees the game than somebody like Bismack. And it's like, it's more about like who he plays with, I think is really going to be important for sure. Um, as for figuring out stuff, like I think he's somebody who could very effectively play out of the dunker spot right now. Um, even if it's not perfect, like like we talked about, I think he'll be a foul magnet, which is really an important step, at least, uh, just because he has that. And I agree, like he's definitely gonna need to figure out finishing craft for sure. But um, I mean, what he has is vertical pop. Like, even if he's just 
like I just think about the stuff you could do with him, like running uh like some of the sets that you could run if he's coming up out of the dunker spot and drawing rim protection out. And he's really good at slipping screens right now whenever he actually does get the opportunity to do it. Like I clipped something today from the Houston game and threw that up on Twitter. Like he's he definitely needs to improve as a screener, but I think that's another thing that's encouraging too. Like I like him running DHOs. I want to see more of like, okay, what can he do if he's working with with some with a shooter in two-man games? Can he do more encouraging stuff of a slipping screens, B just setting harder ones and rolling to the rim. Like, I think there's a lot there for him to work with. That's going to be um, interesting to see how he can grow into. And what helps too is like, it's, there's nothing that's already ironed out. Like, I think if there were things in his game that were like, oh, he's already a really dope screener, but like, he kind of just sucks around the rim. Then I would have, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know what I'm supposed to buy into, but he's awesome around the rim and has so many ways that I think you could improve in terms of how, he opens things up for an offense and how he gets there too. So um, I definitely feel better about the offense than you do. Um, not that I think it's going to be like, you know, life changing or anything, but I do think like, um, I don't know. I just, I, I see him definitely being capable of, of growing in those areas for sure. I mean, I think you hit on a lot of interest, like incredibly, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but just, for lack of better words, important points. If he's playing with a point guard or a high-level high facilitator, his value and what they're going to ask him to do, like they're going to ask him to do less and his value is going to be higher. Uh, and I think that's why the context in Memphis is so tough because they're asking him to do the stuff he's not good at and he doesn't have the right players around him to enhance the strengths. So I think this is where we can kind of just mention that overall boards he kind of debunks this entirely because for some players, if you have a young creator and you're lacking a, a big man depth, go ahead. I take him much higher than I'm quote unquote comfortable with because for my exact team, he fills a need and we can maximize his skill set, which is largely driven by the tools and this freakish athletic uh, nature that he is as, as a big man leaper. And so if I have a young creator and I'm kind of just refining the edges around my team. I am much more intrigued by the idea of Duran, probably higher than I'd have him quote unquote on, on like, my personal board. I would take Duran like a decent bit higher for OKC than I would yeah. for a lot of other teams. Yeah, Definitely. OKC um, comes to mind. 100%. Like I take, a, well, like I could see taking Duran like as high as like four for the Thunder, where I you know probably wouldn't like love that for for some other teams. Um, like it, it is just going to depend a lot and that's why like like i think like his draft stock i mean it's like seems like it's settling around like late lotto um i think there's positives and negatives to his stock being lower um as, as we kind of mentioned earlier like like if, he, if he's not going to go higher like a team might be less excited or like willing or to invest resources in him or kind of tailor to him um, but maybe that means, you know, like we've been talking about, he, he lands in a spot where he's going to be on a better team and have less responsibility and have a, a better ecosystem set up. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I mean, just looking at the teams that are in that range, kind of to the opposite of what we're talking about, someone like the Knicks or Portland. I just, I mean, Portland's maybe different because they have Dame, but over with the overall direction that it seems like their franchise is heading in much less up appealing of like a lottery prospect to me. And that's kind of what I'm getting at is that the offense, well, I think the, the ultimate disagreement is that, yeah, like I think we both think it can be serviceable. 
And like, there's no doubt he will be a valuable role, man. I actually, I agree with you, Mark. I think he'll be good in the dunker spot. He's ridiculously explosive. He gets up in an instant. He's strong as a bull. So I trust him in the dunker spot. It's just more about if I'm drafting a big man this high, I'm kind of looking for more on offense, especially when he's probably only six, nine. So I think that's just kind of where the disconnect is with us. I think like we largely agree. Maybe I'm a little bit lower than Ben on the processing or a little bit lower than Mark on like the mid range to long shooting. I don't know if you even like are landing high there. No, I'm but not even that high. I, I, I think like he'll yeah, be capable. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah. But yeah. No, you're good. Okay. I think it's less about the actual evaluation of the skill set and more what I'm looking to value or like what I'm prioritizing in this range in which he's going to go and where I feel comfortable taking that skill set. Uh, I think that's kind of what it's more about. Yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, I think there are like real outcomes where like he's just like not a useful NBA player. Um, you know, if, if, if the system's right. I mean, I mean, that's, that's true for like almost every prospect, but I think like very much for, for Durant. Um, like, I don't think, I don't really think there are like a lot of, players um who like have both high floors or high ceilings and low floors like i think that's like generally kind of a myth as like i've talked about for years um but i think you can probably argue for Dern as one of them even if like i don't fully agree with it so i actually i actually think i disagree and i want to kind of dive into this before we move on like i think the quote-unquote floor is pretty high if we're talking about a, a useful rotation big the tools are that special. He's strong. We trust the play finishing. He's going to be a role man. We're going to talk about how the tools impact on defense. He's not necessarily super polished, but I'm kind of hard pressed to see a world in which he doesn't just stick around in the league. I, and my hesitant is kind of to what, to what degree and where's the ceiling? What am I yeah, really buying I towards the end of the draft? I mean, maybe like rather than like, rather than like sticking around, it's like actually being like good. I mean, actually, I think you're yeah. probably right. Cause like the league just like, does not let go of athletic bigs like mm-hmm. like Moses Brown is still kicking around um like guys like that like 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 whether or not they're good or not like at basketball like they're just like they just get chances because that's what the NBA values yeah I want to I want not to not cut you off Ben but like I think this is like something I want to wow. write write about because well yeah sorry on Valentine's Day too um Whoa. <laughs> Like something that I just think is so important to hammer on. I always hear like from any section sector of basketball, like, oh, like you can find a, a, a bargain big anywhere. And I'm like, okay, yes. But like, you have to look at what the actual encore value is. Like you can find somebody like Nerlens Noel and pay them, you know, the veteran minimum up to the MLE. And yeah, they can play 10 or 15 ministry, but it's not positive. Like Nerlens has to be in a very specific role and context for him to put back positive value because of how much he has limitations on offense. But he's okay. He's a guy who's going to consistently get contracts. And like, same thing, like Ed Davis has a contract right now. And I don't, I'm not meaning this to like slight guys, but I think it's more, it has gotten so much harder to be a big in the NBA because of the way that things are going in terms of coverage versatility and how important it is for bigs to actually be able to make decisions on offense. So yeah, I think it's really hard to be like a positive offense. Yeah. Like, so I exactly. always think of like, like I always think of like Xavier Tillman um, who is like, like not necessarily like compared to Duran, but like who is basically like good at everything on offense. Like he was a, like, he was like one of like the better big man handlers I've seen like an amazing passer, screener, finisher, roller, um, just, you know, not a great shooter. And he's like not a positive NBA player, like on offense, at least, um, which is like, it's just like so hard. 
if you don't have like either that one elite trait, which you know, we talk about if they're in, or like the perfect combination of, you know, complementary skills or just like the perfect situation to, to bring it out. Like it's really hard to be a consistently good offensive big uh, if you aren't a star. And like, obviously, you know, like you have things like, like, like Bismack or like, you know, like JaVale McGee. Um, actually, actually JaVale probably, probably too good this year. Um, but yeah. just like, like, like you'll see like guys who like have like, like, you know, moments of, 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 of value, but being like a consistent, like valuable rotation big for like multiple years is really hard. Um, and I do think that carries a lot more weight. Um, I think people like, I think people are like, should kind of direct some of like the energy um, they do like at bigs, it's like more small guards. Um, but like, that's a different conversation. Yeah. No, I mean, and wings I, who can't pass. So, yeah, <laughs> I think like, I can very easily see someone listening to where I'm Wings who can't pass, so small bigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty that's much. Fair small enough. bigs. No, I mean, I can see, like, very easily see someone listening to where I'm coming from during, just being like, oh, he doesn't value bigs. And, like, let me make this very clear. The conversation is not about that. It's a much more about who Duran actually is because backup centers are very valuable. Phoenix Suns would have loved to have a backup center that could actually play last year's finals like that was a big hole and a big difference so i think this is much more about who darren actually is and what the skills are actually entice me in big men rather than just saying oh you could find a big anywhere it's like that's very yeah clearly no, not sure. true yeah because i think it's just more ben and i are believe a lot more in him becoming a, a an above replacement level player yep. on offense um, which is, yeah, I think that's a fair point to have. Like, and what I'm interested to, to ask too, I know this is not trying to extend it out more, but like, just a quick question for you guys. Like, all right, let's just theoretically, um, and this isn't theoretical, it's actually happened. Like the, 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 the Spurs have looked into, into moving Yaka Pearl. Let's say the Spurs take Jalen Duran around like eight or nine or something, wherever they end up. Um, even though I would not want to trade Yaka Pearl cause he's very good, but like, well, exactly, especially because like the idealized version of Jalen is probably Jakob, but like, context, but. but like, let's say that okay, you, the the Spurs love operating uh, with Tregerman from the high post and and you know running DHOs out on the perimeter. Do you see it as better for Duran to go into a spot where he's asked to try and do those things with accomplished guards already? Or is it better for him to maybe be in a smaller role operating more out of like just doing things in like uh um like doing more out of the dunker spot, just being more of, of a screener and, and less of somebody who's being asked to make decisions to see how that goes. I'd like to see him like be asked to make decisions like early. I kind of feel that way for basically everyone. Mm-hmm. Um like assuming you don't like really need like high leverage minutes. And like the Spurs like have a lot of pieces, but like might not be like very good for like a good while until Devin Vassell is a superstar, uh, which is coming. Um, it's coming. But um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see it. I think like I think um, again, but like I just want like these questions to be answered. Like, can he like flow from a, a, a DHO into a drive? Um, or, like, can he like hit a quick backdoor cut? Um, like these things that like like he's just never been asked to do in his entire life. Um, so I like to see it, like whether or not it's like what he's going to be doing f- like long term. Like, I don't I don't know, but I'd like to see it at least. I think I feel the other way. Uh, honestly, I don't really think this is a throw him in the fire situation. I would I think the idealized version of Duran is built around his strengths and he slowly but surely expands his reach as the years go on. I would love to see him just 
go all in on being a good pick and roll lob threat and a good pick and roll. Maybe if like my idealized version of experimenting with Duran is hitting him in the short roll and seeing if he can make a decision there or getting to a floater or playing out of the dunker spot. Like this is not some, I don't think he, I'm not going to say, I don't think he's ever going to run DHOs, but I don't really, that's not necessarily in my plans. And if it is, it's going to be far much further down the line. So I don't necessarily think that's super valuable. I'd much rather, isolate him in the areas where he's going to be good and I'm going to want to use him and see what he can do then. And then we can extrapolate. So I, I, it is a rookie Duran or second or even third year Duran. I mean, early on in the rookie deal, I'm probably going to want to keep him pretty limited and then just see if we can go all in on, on those play types and usages. I think the Capella is like, probably, like I, I, I didn't, the Capella comp is interesting, at least like offensively. Like I think that's like a good example of like a pretty like, like role limited big that is like still very valuable because of an elite trait. Um, I, I I definitely think that's like a gettable outcome uh, for Durham offensively. I, I definitely think that's that's like an attainable high outcome for him. Uh, All right, you guys want to transition to defense because I do yeah, want to get defense. to Ivy later. Probably yeah, should, yeah. Um, tools, tools, can we just say at the top? Tools versus technicality in defense. This is your debate, the case study right here, in my opinion. Well, I mean, Ben hit on Xavier Tillman earlier. I mean, Xavier Tillman is an awesome, awesome player. Like, I love Xavier, but, like, he's just kind of the case where, like, if he were 6'10 or 6'11 with a slightly bigger wingspan, like, I think we're talking about him as a guy who would have been drafted a lot higher, is being looked at more as a starting center in the NBA. And I'm not saying that he can't get there, but it's just, like, you have to hit a lot more of outcomes uh, as – an offensive player to get there. Like, and I even think defensively he's had some issues too, because he's not like they've had to play him at the four at times because um, just given what their rotation is and how many bigs they already have, like, but he's not a guy who's great closing out to the corners because he doesn't quite have that quickness. And he's a little bit of a tweener in between spots um, for what they want out of uh, their centers on both sides of the ball. So it's just like kind of an awkward amalgamation, but then you look at um, what, Duran has in terms of tools that Xavier Tillman doesn't like what is Duran's wingspan it is it's got to be insane like I know I he's six nine but five the, and a half yeah but the wingspan yeah, is I what makes him look like he's so. like six eleven or seven foot yeah. because I mean he has like the THT body like yeah yeah um and like I think that's part of I don't want to say that's what's intriguing but like he's it, it's not just that he has wingspan he is really good at using it too like I think we've seen guys who and I'm not going to name names but there are guys in the in the in the NCAA and in the NBA too right now who are like they have wingspan but like actually being able to time everything correctly is so important and I think that his timing is really good like having wingspan and having the timing is extremely important to becoming a good rim protector like there are yeah. guys right now like even looking at like Gogo Bataze um, has wingspan and he has some rim protection chops. Well, I shouldn't even say he has shot blocking chops, but like he doesn't have rim protection chops because he really struggles um, with his ability to a time things and b knowing how to use his arms and length. And I think Duran has that already, which to me, that's more of a physical tool. I don't really think you can just learn how to be good at timing things because you've already been doing it for this long. So like, unless you're somebody who's really late to, you know, coming into basketball or, um, you know, late to changing positions because of a late growth spurt, like that's another discussion, but like, I think Duran has elite timing. 
Um, and the mobility is ridiculous too, or I shouldn't say ridiculous, but I think the mobility is incredibly good. And I see him as a guy who, while he can't do it all the time right now, like consistency is not a thing for him. Um, but like, I think he's a guy who's going to be coverage versatile. Like he's going to be a guy who can play at the level. I think there's a, you know, if things go right for him, I think he could be switchable in opportunity in some ways. Like, I don't think he's a guy you switch one through five. Very few guys are, but like, he's a guy who I think like in a pinch in like maybe five or six years from now, he is a guy who can switch. Um, Like he can be your primary rim protector. Like I think the, the size concerns that were brought up about him being a primary rim protector early on in the year have been like pretty much cast out for me. Um, Like, yes, he's six, nine, but the difference between him, him and somebody like Bam Adebayo is that he has like the, like, and I'm not trying to slander Bam. Like Bam has way more in terms of mobility and, and ability to cover out on the perimeter. But like what Bam lacks that makes him it harder for him to be a full-time rim protector, Duran has. So it's like, I just, I, I think he has a subset of tools and has shown the the feel as a defensive player already to make me think he's going to get to a pretty damn high level as a defender. Yeah, That was very- a really long run on, but thanks for listening. <laughs> No, no, I'm very much in on the defense. I think it's going to take time to develop and iron out, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head with I'm much rather betting on the tools. You, you can, Everyone always says can't teach tools. It's true. You can't teach what Darren has when it comes to the wingspan, the pop time, the ability to get to the apex quickly. You just can't teach that. And while I think it might be a little bit more difficult than some say to teach footwork or drop feel or like things of that nature that someone like Chet excels with both. And that's why side tangent that he's that special, but ultimately Duran has the ultimate thing that gives him so much leverage and room for error. It's that he can gamble and get be get his feet twisted on the perimeter. And it doesn't matter because he can recover and pin you anyways. And I'm not saying that's good process or that that's all perfect, but he has the ability and room for air. And, and like, I don't want that to be undersold, even while there are a lot of areas for technical improvement. And I'm not just brushing those off to the side, but I completely agree with you, Mark. Like he has the tools and the tools are like pretty freaking ridiculous. Like this is actually the case where the tools are as good as advertised on the defensive end. And I don't want that to get swept under the rug at all. Yeah. Wow. And I want to add to, Oh, sorry, Ben, uh, no, just you... really quick. Cause like you mentioned, I really loved what you said about you can't like, I think that um, being able to teach technique and ability is sometimes oversold. Um, like it is, it, it, I mean, like even looking at somebody like miles Turner, I think it's unfair like to, I'm not trying again, not trying to make comparisons, but like it is taking miles Turner, like, four to five years like past you know obviously past his rookie deal to become like the very good level of defender he was like the first three-ish years like he's had like he had really good defensive feel and instincts which helped a ton but I mean okay getting to the point where like just last year he started using his hands a lot like that stuff takes until like year four exactly like Like, that stuff takes real time and I think that's something like like you mentioned that can be really undersold because even looking at like it's something again, something I have to write about, but like Mo Bamba has gotten to a level where he's okay and drop, but like he just has not become the coverage versatile guy that I think many projected. Part of that is just being fair, like injuries, dealing with COVID, but also like um he's not good at using his hands in the slightest. And that's like he's a guy who very much needs it, especially because like he doesn't he can't really rely on on his on his strength. Um like 
that's stuff that you can't teach. And while the tools are always going to be a learning for Bauman, he could get there in time. Like even then you're looking at a guy who we thought, you know, going back to when he was at Texas, which is already somehow like four or five years ago, which is insane to me. Um, like everybody's like, Oh, well, if he just learns this, he's going to be great. Okay. Well, he hasn't like, it takes time. And some guys, it might not come to the level that you expect to. Yeah. I think Duran's like really special thing is his ability to just like blow up plays from, from absolutely anywhere. Yeah. I, I think a lot of cross court like, lines. Yeah. I think like, like, like I think of him less as like a steady. Um, I mean, I think he's gonna be like, like I, said, I think probably a little lower on the coverage versatility than you, even though I, th- I think he's gonna be able to do it. But I think his hips are pretty high and stiff, and I think that might limit him. Um, like, I think that might limit him playing at the level at the highest levels. Um, like, I don't feel great about him, um, like really playing at the level um, and and you know dropping back against great guards. But like there aren't a lot of things who can really do that. Um, and I think he'll be able to hedge. I think he'll be able to play deeper drop. Um, I think he'll be able to ice. Um, so like I, I'm not like overly worried. I think like his feet move so fast. Like even if like they're really misplaced a lot of the time. Um, like I think like Jake was kind of hitting on, like he will like take extra steps all the time. Um, or like lunge the wrong way, but his feet move really fast. And like at the college level, even when he like takes like one or two missteps, he can almost always get back and recover because his feet just so move so quickly. But yeah, I mean, I see like he is um, like really more in just like the archetype of of defenders who create havoc on every single play. Um, and I think like the, the value of that really can't be understated. And I don't think there are a lot of functional center size players that really bring that. Um, like I think of like when I think of those defenders, I think of mostly wings, um, like, like the really rangy, like ground coverage wings, like Vassell, um, and like even like Mikhail to some extent. But like I don't really think of centers who like do that a ton. And I think Dern has like a like like prime Anthony Davis like guy. Um, I don't I don't think Dern is like like gets that level defensively, but like his explosion, like the suddenness to which he covers ground, is is pretty one of a kind for a guy of his strength um, and length. Like he gets from, like I mean, he can get from like the elbow, like from the elbow, uh, elbow restricted area in like half a second. Like it's, it's really unbelievable, and like when you combine that with like his ability to uh, to get off the ground right away, um, like like Mark said, I do I do agree that the timing is really solid. Um, I think the verticality isn't too bad either for his age in this stage. I, I was gonna hit on that. Yeah, That's it's I was gonna hit on. It's not like it's not wonderful. Yeah. Uh, like he's an 18 year old center, whatever. But like the fact that like he really shows the ability to go vertical and like with his strength, like body guys in midair um, and shut them down is really impressive. Because um, like almost every young big is a foul to, is a foul machine. Um, like like Evan Mobley and like Anthony Davis um, and like you're like extremely like, like Chet. Um, like, like those guys come around like once in a generation. Um, so I mean I think where Dern is at. Um, and is like for his age, just all around is just, it, it's so awesome. Um, it's so great. And I think like the big thing, I don't know, if, like, like, it's just like, um, just like continuing to figure out like what to do. Like, it's like same kind of like same kind of worry on offense, just like to, to what extent does he like know what's going on? Like, can he like read, like read and process rather than just like straight up reacting? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you, me and Francis talked about this in, in our chat the other day, our friend Chance. 
our friend chances jesus christ our friend francis <laughs> um shout out francis uh but yeah like i think that's something that'll be really interesting to see and i don't know entirely what to make of that because like i think what i struggle with is a lot of people have been uh will push the bad motor thing and i think it's less about motor and it's more like he sees plays very segmented right now like yeah like, like ben was mentioning he's reacting to things and part of what it helps because he has really good reaction time but like he's reacting to what's happening in front of him rather than seeing it before it happens like he is does not have very good anticipatory skills yeah. right now and like, again I part think, of that is probably being 18 but like i am really interested to see what that looks like i think like their plays you'll see like what was the last game like i think it was like ucf where it was like not that great um we'll like we'll just like get stuck in no man's land guarding a pick and roll um he gets killed like, by back screens yeah. or just yeah. like or, or just like kind of like walking around and like, like I, I don't think like i think that's kind of been construed as like an effort thing as like a like a willingness to do it thing where i think it's more likely uh just <laughs> excuse me i think it's more likely um that he's just thinking through those problems too slowly um and by the time like the ball is behind him like like or by the time he figures it out, the ball is behind him and, and it's a bucket. Um, and I think I probably feel better about that than if I really thought Duran was just like a low effort guy. Um, because I, I think there's too many instances throughout his games where he just gives unbelievable effort, whether that's like in recovery or in transition, like saving, like saving a possession. Like he tries too hard um, on so many occasions for me to really believe that he's like a low effort player. Um, and like motor is really hard to define and like even harder to evaluate. Um, for like, people like like the majority of people who like aren't tapped into his brain um, and, and what he's thinking. But I do think um, there's just like, again, like a, definitely a processing gap to bridge there um, where I, I think more than the technique being like questionable, which it absolutely is like in everything outside of straight rim protection, it's like, it's not good. Um, I, 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 I just think he's like, like, I feel like you can see him like thinking through plays and like you can see the wheels turning slowly um and then he gets back cut or like the ball floats over and pick and roll and it's a bucket um and he just kind of looks confused um because i really just don't think he's processing the game at that level at this point yeah i think i think he's pretty raw to, as a defend as a defender at about everything but primary rim protection and i do want to hit on that because i do think that verticality is good for his size, especially when you consider kind of where he's at everywhere else when it comes to footwork, positioning, deciding when to get to level and pressure versus deciding when to stay back. Like I similar to the offensive stuff, if I'm a defensive team, I'm putting him in drop and and just letting him figure that stuff out and we'll slowly extend out. I, I think how much like direction or coaching he's getting on this at Memphis. Cause like I think like, like this is kind of becoming a trend with their bigs. Like, I, I think they have a type when it comes to recruiting um, centers. Um, but like, but like, and I think Duran is like a much better athlete than and prospect than the other guys. But like, Wiseman had this issue, um, the same issue. Like, he's not really a prospect, but like, he he, he was a five star. And like, uh, Musa Cisse had this exact same issue. Um, so like, I, I do wonder. Um, what the extent that they're like working on this um, or if it's just like Memphis has a type um, and they're just going to keep getting the, these guys with the same like apparent strengths and weaknesses. Um, yeah, no, no, I definitely agree that like, like Jalen Duran is someone who absolutely can get picked on by bad, by like competent offenses, like no doubt. Yeah. But, but I mean, I think he can get picked on if you throw him out into the fire and like throw him out to the wolves. If I'm going to keep him in deep drop and just say, Hey, 
beyond this area, you just stay back and you don't pressure. And we're going to hope our defender gets over and sticks back to the ball handler. And we're going to just live with certain shots. I think that's fine. I'm not sure how many teams are, are just so hell bent on doing that. Mark might know better than me, but I don't think it's sim very similar to the offense. I think because of the tools and how he is as an athlete with the flashes and the clips and all that, everyone's going to be like, Oh, get him to the level, switch him, do this, do that. And it's like, no, 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 let's yeah. not do that. Actually. Like, let's be very patient about this. And it's the same. I, I want to go about his development on both ends the same way. The difference for me is that it's much easier to leverage your tools as a defender and primary rim protector than it is as like a guard or a big man who doesn't have guards to pass the ball as a lot threat. So like, that's why to me, I'm really more willing to buy into the defense is less contextual and it just looks much better right now, but de developmentally at the crux of it, it's the same thing. Uh, we're not, I, I don't want him getting thrown out to the fire. Be very aware of the strengths and the weaknesses and the strengths for now is just being an otherworldly rim protector for someone who's six, nine uh, or whatever. We like, I legitimately think like, um, I think like the thing I'm most excited to maybe see um, is like Duran's future team is is playing a lineup that just has like a wing sized guy that's just like a total like a total non threat on offense um, and you just like throw Duran on that guy and just let him run around and and like destroy stuff um, just like let let him react and and absolutely blow plays up without like really having to worry too much. Um, about being burned by like smart by like smart cuts or well-timed flare screens and like I don't know how like how you know viable it'll be with the offense or whatever but like I think like like he's a rare like big size dude who can succeed like in a defensive role like that along with the primary just like throw him out there um, as like a free safety and let him and let him destroy and it's like very much like not in like the like the defense quarterback free safety way um, where you know, like direct traffic and like make smart, like backside rotations. It's like, no, you're going to throw him out there and just let him and just let him destroy actions um, and come from nowhere to, to get blocks and stuff. Um, but like, I, I do think that's going to be a potential thing for him at some point. Um, it's just like, there's so much you can do on defense with that rim protection. Like it's the most valuable defensive skill in the game to me. I mean, it's like what he brings. Um, I mean, that's why Chet is is going a, a part of a big reason why Chet is, you know, the incredible prospect that he is. It's a big reason of, you know, why Mobley was the all-timer. All um, yeah, I mean, he's just going to be so good um, at just, like, causing so much pain for for opposing offenses and, and offenses that like to, that like, to, like, work at the rim. Um, it's it's going to be tough. Like, I, I, like I, I suspect that there's going to be a lot of, like, rough rookie welcome to the league moments with Duran because as Jake is saying he like certainly is raw in a lot of ways but I think on the flip side there's going to be a lot of like oh my god who is this guy um moments when you have like veteran guards thinking they have a layup and then they just get their shit pinned um and they're just like what on earth is happening so yeah no I'm totally there are you guys ready to move on to uh our next prospects I think we covered everything I have one question yeah, yeah. before um so, as prospects, would you rather have Duran or Wiseman? I'm leading Duran, but I think it's probably closer than some people would say. Uh, I would answer, but I didn't. I didn't watch Wiseman pre-college or, or at college. I mean, I know he only played two games, but still. Um, so I don't feel qualified. But I would say, uh, 
from what I've seen of Wiseman and Golden State, and again, that's a small sample size. Uh, I watched most of his games last year, but like, I think I would say Dern, honestly. Yeah, it is Dern. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll go ahead. Yeah, I I was just going to say, the main difference is that Dern – Durin is the athlete that people pitched Wiseman as. Mm-hmm. I still think, kind of, like, I mean, Wiseman is a dope but, athlete still. But, but this like, is, Wiseman is ginormous, and he doesn't, it's not just wingspan. Wiseman is a legit, like, he is huge. And is. I think we talk about, like, functional application of tools. Um, like, I mean, that's really like, the big difference with Durin and Wiseman. Yeah. Um, it's like Durin, like, because of his his instincts and because of just the athletic tools he does have is going to be able to functionally apply his tools for positive impact in a ways, in, in ways that Wiseman just probably won't be able to. But I do think there's like definite similarities between them. Um, and I, I mean, think there is a lot um, of intersection yeah, with strengths and weaknesses. There are similarities. And I think um, like, I, I think offensively, like, like the ideas are similar. Um, you know, I, I think they manifest differently, but it's like, 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 how much can you get by being big or like being really vertically explosive? Um, I mean, Wiseman's going to have a longer leash than, than Duran, like undoubtedly, um, which is just kind of the way it works. Uh, but like, I, I do think the parallel is interesting to think about. Um, like Duran is a guy who you're going to be getting in the late lottery probably. Um, I, I think at this rate, I mean, I don't know. A lot could happen between now and the draft. But, um, I, I agree. I think it's Duran, but I don't think it's that far off as well either. All right, you want to talk about Jaden top three Ivy? Whoa! Hey, I did, I did not say. It. I would like to. I'd like people to know that Jake Rosen uh, at Jake in the paint said that, not me, because um, I don't know where I would be right now. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, where do you want to get started with this? Because he, I, I was telling you guys earlier. I just finished watching the Illinois game earlier, and it was uh, pretty damn awesome from a prospect standpoint. I, I mean, I think the obvious place to start is just in-season developments. Like, the most valuable thing you could ask for as a scout is – You want a random stat that supports your, your statement already? Yes, please, please, uh, please. Jaden Ivey is 14 of 46 on non-three jumpers right now, and I think he hit four of them in the Illinois game. So, yeah, like, I mean, that was – it was all out of nowhere stuff. Like, he just went – they – they ran a ton of pick and roll compared to what Purdue normally does in the Illinois game and seeing him snake ball screens and yes. actually make some pretty quality passes to the roller and out to the corners. Like it wasn't anything like groundbreaking, but compared to what it's been like this entire year when we're like, what does it look like when he actually gets to run a ball screen and then seeing it be like that, I was like, Oh, and against a good team too. Like, um, Trent Frazier was on his ass that entire first half. And I think Trent Frazier has been one of my favorite uh, and will be this entire uh, um, this entire cycle is one of my favorite like ruler guys for like measuring where a guy is at and handling ball pressure. Because like I think Trent Frazier is going to get a UDFA contract just because he can hit threes and plays defense the way that he does. Um, like he gives people fucking problems. He gave Jaden problems in the first game that they played. And it looked like Purdue was en route to like potentially losing to Illinois and Jaden having his worst game of the season because of that. And then they just come out in the second half. He runs like six or seven pick and rolls and uh, completely punishes their defense. And it was awesome. And he also had like, I mean, he had a nice craft finish at the rim out of pick and roll. He had a couple of good passes out of it and he hit 
mid rangers out of snakes, which we just haven't seen all year. Like I, I don't, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, you told me that I needed to watch that game before we talked. I didn't expect it to be that level of good, and it, yeah, it blew me away. It was awesome. I mean, so the Jay Nivey pick and roll experience has kind of gone in like three different stages for me. In the beginning of the year, it's just head down, going as fast as I can, jumping as high as I can, and figuring out everything else later. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to start to try to get guys in jail, but I still kind of don't really have any idea what I'm doing. I'm just doing it because I think I'm supposed to. And then to this most recent, like the Illinois game and the Michigan game both, it's, oh, I am playing with great pace and I have a real good feel for this. There are still some flashes of not knowing exactly when to capitalize on getting two spots and taking what the defense gives you. But man, the, the improvements and strides that he's made in such a short time on the fly in games is ridiculously impressive. And I think the Ivy conversation was just as short as two to three weeks ago was, hey, we have this really toolsy handler who doesn't really know how to play on the ball yet, but if he figures it out, it could be really special. And now the conversation is like, okay, now this is like what we're kind of working with at the time. It's not fully fleshed out yet. It's not fully come to fruition, but there is real evidence of this working. And that to me is just a massive development is that the in-between game, the floater, this, I mean, the snake pull-up mid-range is probably one of the most noteworthy plays of any prospect this year all season we've heard are his mechanics conducive off the bounce can he hit jumpers off with versatility I always thought they were way overstated considering he's literally running around off ball screens all year long and hitting quick trigger jumpers off of those actions but I get and I understand off the bounce is is a different animal but I mean man just the smoothness and how he flowed flew like was flowing into that Obviously, he made it, so it kind of is the cherry on top. But mechanically, you could not walk away from that shot or play and say, oh, this isn't going to translate or he can't do this. Um, the, the developments in the in-between area are, have really been tremendous. Yeah, and I uh, obviously not defensively, but um, like watching that second half against Illinois, like he reminds me so much of Victor Oladipo it's kind of like ridiculous in terms of just like the types of athletes they are, how they get their shots and what they're doing. Like I, I really love watching him play, man. It is, it's, it's kind of a trip seeing that after watching Victor, like. I mean, he's really has like improved a lot. Like I, like I didn't really watch him as a freshman. Um, I wasn't like super impressed by him um, at in FIBA this summer. Like the tools were obvious. Um but like I struggled with, with a lot of the offensive stuff and I, like even early season with Purdue, but he has like, I mean, he's on a heater, like absolutely. And at some point, I think I'm probably going to land like a little lower on the other offensive stuff, like the new guys, like, like the in-between game and like the processing, but like, I don't really care. Like he's like that ridiculous of like an athlete. Um, like we picked the toolsy podcast. Um, like there, I've said this before, but there aren't, like very many primary prospects or like potential on-ball prospects um, with his combination um, of like size, burst and handling ability um, and verticality, if you want to go there. Um, like all of these like really electric on-ball prospects last couple of years, like they have some of these, um, but like no one's as well-rounded as, as, um, as Jaden Ivey is from that crazy standpoint. Like Ant Edwards, like couldn't dribble um John Morant was it was and is really really skinny um uh, same with Lamelo being you know very skinny and, and struggling with verticality um obviously Sharif is very small um Suggs had 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 issues dribbling and, and with verticality 
Um, and well, like Ivy's handle isn't perfect. Um, you know, he, he has issues with, with, with looseness, but I don't particularly think that's a big issue because of the way he's athletic with his body. Like he is so like, I feel like, like the best way I, I can describe his, like his movement, like, like he's so slimy, like he squirms through openings. Um, he never like goes in a straight line. Yeah. He, he, like, he's it's like amazing. In, he's like, in, like, I, uh, I don't mean this is like a negative or anything, but like, he's like, to me, like the exact opposite athlete of, of Johnny, of Johnny Davis. That way, where like Davis is very stiff and straight um, in his like downhill movements, and where he goes, as as, as where Ivy's just like bouncing all over the place. Um, and I think that's certainly a, like a benefit for Ivy. Like it's really unique. Because um, even like a similar athlete, like like Ja, in a lot of ways, was like a lot more controlled, and it is a lot more controlled. Um, so I I don't really know. Like he is just an unreal athlete, um, in kind of a way that we haven't really seen in a long time at least not since i've been doing this um and he's like those tools like along with him actualizing some of that is 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 really unbelievable um i think purdue um as an offensive context like i see it's like i think earlier like i was like it's kind of doing him favors because of um not letting him run a ton of pick and rolls um because of you know kind of hiding those struggles um and then they let him do it and he's just like He's just like doing this, and I I don't know. Like I think Ivy is really awesome, um, and like like Jake like Jake's been saying that like he's obviously like like you know all of it is small sample and it can be hard, but he's like answering a lot of like important questions in real time. Yeah, and I think to me it's even less about like him actually hitting the shots. It's more just the comfortability with which he got there because. Um, like if he's just like coming through and he's hitting some like wild off the dribble shot that like just doesn't look very replicable, then that's one thing. But like, again, it's like the like he looked like he'd been running them the entire season. Like that's what was so wild about it. Um, and I totally agree with you, Ben, like the the level of athlete he is and and combining that handle too is kind of kind of nuts. And I I don't mean to keep like bringing up like Pacers and Victor Oladipo, but like I just like look at him because he did have an issue where uh he ran a ball screen from a uh, far slot um, on the left side of the court. And I think Alfonso Plummer dug and he ended up losing his handle. He used to me like, and again, we're not going to see it because this is Purdue, but like, he's a guy, if he gets ball screens from like 28 feet out, like I just can't even imagine trying to defend that right now. Like um, I'm sure teams will either like look to trap or do something like that. But I also think like he showed, um, like I think he hit a slipping roller in the game against Illinois. I can't remember. Um, but like that's the kind of stuff too, where like, okay, I think that's stuff that you want to see him rep out and figure out. But like the fact that you could make he's good enough as a downhill athlete to make defenses already think about like having to do that is like it's kind of insane. And um, yeah, I think there are ways, like, even if he does have issues with like digs and stunts at the nail, like he's going to have the ability to like if if offenses really just like are built around him, which they're gonna be. Um, I'm very excited about that. I would really like I again, we're probably not gonna see it. I really want to see him get DHOs with Trevion. Like, um, that would be so nice to actually see because, like, I mean, as awesome as Trevion is, like, I feel like we just don't really get to see him run DHOs that often this year. It's a lot of the post passing, which he's very good at, but like I think DHOs for him would be like a perfect marriage. The idea of like, again, now with how the rest of the roster has worked out, it's not perfect in Sacramento, but the idea of Jaden Ivey working with somebody like Demonis Sabonis, 
um, or even like, again, not perfect in Houston, Blake working with Shingen or like anybody who is like a quality dribble handoff operator with like good passing ability who could use the most of his speed um, to take away some of the issues he might have with his handle, even though like, like mentioned issues aren't really like that prescient. Um, I just, yeah, I'm, I, I, he's, he's, he's fantastic, man. I love watching you play. Only you guys could see me fist pumping because that was the perfect segue into what I was going to talk about, which was he's scalable and he's going, he like, I trust him to be a good off ball guard as well. I, like you said, Mark, the speed coming off of DHOs. One of the things that did stick out to me, Ben in FIBA was the cutting when he was playing much more off ball. I'm, it hasn't been as active and hasn't come to fruition this year as much as I would have liked, but did see it in that context. And I really do believe he's going to shoot and he's shooting. Uh, let me pull up what he's shooting from three still. Shooting just about 40% he's, right now. Yeah. He's still at 40%, uh, which has dipped a little bit as rightly so. I'm not sure if he's a 40% shooter, but I definitely think it's somewhere toward on the higher end between the freshman year, which he shot 26% and now he's oh, at yeah. 40 but um, like definitely, I don't know if it's really forty, but definitely on the higher end between those two. I mean, years. I think like on catch and shoot, it's gonna be really, it's gonna catch be and shoot cool. especially. And I was saying like, I like definitely, I you know, I, I did and still kind of do view him as like an off ball first guard, and like I think that's like where he's really exciting. Um, and like, like he's like really, I mean, like he'll like run off screens and like set up his feet pretty quickly. Um, and hit yeah, like no, long very movement good. jumpers. I mean, none of them are contested or very difficult. Um, but like, I don't think he needs to be like, be a guy who hits contested off, off dribble, jump, like, like off screen jumpers. I think he does like struggle a good bit with contests, um, like all over the floor. And I'm just like, not sure how much he's going to be able to correct that. Like, unless there's a big mechanical change, which you probably don't want because like, I think Ivy is in this weird spot to me where he could definitely benefit from a mechanical change, um, in terms of raising his release, um, and just you know smoothening that out, especially like given his hopes as an on-ball guy, but like he's probably too good of a shooter like to like really want to mess with that. Which um, means an NBA team will of course mess with. Of it, course, so. I mean yeah, I, I mean like I, I feel like messing with mechanics never like like it never goes well or like it all generally doesn't go well, especially like around this time. And Ivy is too good of an off-ball shooter or like a wide-open shooter to um, like to really make like for me to make that change worth it. Like just like um, like imagine him like cutting and like running off loops and and DHOs and like blade actions, um, like there's so much stuff there. Um, I think that makes the passing reads easier, um, or like you know he doesn't have to like read the floor from a straight pick and roll, um, where he can you know have an advantage created by a screen or a cut and make a simple like lay down skip finish choice, um, which I think he's already improving at. Um, I mean, I mean his his first step attacking closeouts. Like you want to make that long closeout as, right. a, as a wing or a guard off a scramble. Like, like there's just so yeah. In that way, athletically, so... um, like like he reminds me of Kyra a lot. Um, who is like I think um, there's like a lot of athletic differences. He is. I really um, think he has better pace than Kyra yeah. did. But I mean, like, I, especially I, as a handler. I'm just talking like oh yeah. I mean, he's I think he's, he's a better prospect than Kyra. And like I mean, Kyra couldn't jump and and like Ivy's a crazy vertical athlete. But in terms of like being a guy. Who you like just absolutely can't close out to, um, like the first step acceleration is there, um, like with 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 similar on ball limitations in terms of like pull up and, and and handling, but like he's just like yeah, like, like he's not a guy you can close out to, like you you just can't. But that's my point is you have to, 
No, like that's where, yeah, exactly. What do you do? Like, this is my, like, there's just the solutions in which you tranquilize him are just slowly dwindling. And as a handler, it used to be sink drop, like go deep drop, make him beat you in the in-between area, which I do think he's still going to get. I'm I'm not saying, oh, he had a couple of floaters and pull-ups in these two games. So those questions are all of a sudden answered, but now there's no proof of him learning how to solve those problems on the fly. So like that solution becomes a little bit more wonky. You want to get to the level, good luck, big. Like we've seen what he does there. You want to go under screens. I'm confident enough him as a pull-up shooter off the ball. Like you, like I said, that is a daring closeout like absolutely yeah. daunting task i think for a guy to, of like his you have to close out on him for a guy of like his potential like role as like with the elite slasher i think like the you cannot leave him wide open bar is a more important bar to clear than the like i'm gonna hit tough pull-ups bar um because i think this is like gonna matter more on a play-to-play possession um because I, I think like i don't think ivy's ever gonna be a really electric pull-up guy and i don't think that's a huge deal um, but like, if, you know, like, I don't think he will. And like, if, if you can't go under on him, um, yeah, I mean, it really is a thing of like, how do you guard him in like, I mean, in, are like, you going like, under in like, a, no, that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, probably yeah, yeah. not. Like, I, I don't think you're going to want to, um, because I, I, oh, I, mean, I would go under on like, Ivy. Yeah. 100%. I mean, like beyond the, the catch and shoot numbers, which I'm, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're quite good. Um, I mean, like he has shown the ability to pull from 30 feet or uh, in 28 feet. Um, like he's just not Wait, a Mark, guy. I want to. I want to. I want to talk this out. So, are you going under because you are more worried about everything else? I mean, I think and- I'm just thinking at the NBA level, people like they're going to go yeah. under him. Same thing with like what happened with Cade. Until he proves it at the NBA level, like he's going to like he's going to get unders. And I mm-hmm. feel like I mean I don't feel as confident with him as I did with Cade about hitting his shots eventually. Like. I, I don't entirely know where to be at with him as a pull-up shooter right now because it doesn't have, to me, the same functionality as somebody like Cade. And again, like, it's unfair to compare him yeah, to yeah, Cade, yeah. but um, like like you mentioned, Ben, I think I trust him a lot as a, as a catch-and-shoot guy right now, but I am really curious about what it looks like off movement or off of, like, anything off the bounce just because it's, like, I don't want to be unfair and say that it's, like, like, obviously, I mean, like, looking at somebody like Hallie, like, he has the weirdness to his shot, but he's a very different shooter and how he gets it off too. And even then we're seeing like, he can have some issues with getting it off at points. Like he could be taking more yeah. threes, but I also think, you know, there are some times where it can be I also just like, off. don't, don't like the idea of like thinking comparisons to Hallie. Cause I just, Oh like, yeah. Yeah. No, that's not fair. Right. I don't mean, I don't mean to compare. Also to be fair, like, like college Hallie, like was actually like, was actually like, like did actually do pull up shot making. And like, we all kind of just dismissed it and thought like, there's no way this is going to work in the league. And then it did. Um, whereas I, I don't think Ivy's even showing the level of pull-up shot making that, that Halliburton did. But apologies to for the for the emotion, Mark. No, no, you're totally good. And I I, I apologize. I'm not trying to be comparing comparison wise. I'm just seeing <laughs> like, like the in most, terms of like, things that I'm seeing like podcast of all time. I'm thinking, yeah, I do apologize a lot. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like the things that I've seen developmentally in front of me, and I'm like, I just like I know like NBA. Well, I saying I know sounds so conceited, but like I just feel like that's gonna be the first thing the NBA teams are gonna do. They're gonna be like, okay, punish us with that. Sounds terrible, but like you, you get what I mean. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Um, but yeah, like uh, I mean, that's going to be that's going to be the first thing. I do think, like, I mean, he's confident, and I think that he'll he'll hit enough of them. But we'll see what happens. I think the best that's way to guard Ivy is like just quickly. I think the best way to guard Ivy is like 
I think generally like the best way to guard these kind of guards is just to play like really deep drop and and like I was gonna punish. say that's what I would yeah. that's personally where and I would make go. you punish from the mid range. Um because like I, I think beyond like lacking the floater, um just like 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 the, the beyond like not being great at floaters in mid range, I just think he's pretty bad at picking his spots as an intermediate scorer. Um like so often he'll like have a crease for a little floater or or, or 15 footer, or he'll you know have an opportunity where it feels like a snake, like a snake pullback is like a really obvious decision. Um, but then he just like, will like run head first into the, into the deep dropping big, pick up his dribble, do like a pivot and and throw up a tough shot that may or may not go in. So I think, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think the on-ball scoring process there is pretty worrying to me. Um, so I think like the best way to guard him is just going to be like, have a big, you know, drop really deep um and and you fight over hard but like, i mean again like the issue is that is like like ivy might be a guy who can just like finish over bigs uh, with a runway like that like i actually so this is where i the finishing stuff i have a little bit of worries with i think if this is like the one place that i'm worried about him the most it would be the finishing process is it's a lot of just other than a couple craft finishes here and there which have been very encouraging to see it's a lot of just i don't really care if the big's vertical i'm going to jump as high as i can off one or two feet and go in straight into him and he's been met with some inconsistent results as we'll call them so i'd actually like i think that is the part that i would really be a little bit that could be concerned with is the lack of finishing craft and him just going head first. But I think like he hasn't done that as much this year. Like, and you we're not drafting the prospect that he was in November. We're drafting the prospect he is in June. And so this recent stuff, you can't just be like, oh, we've seen this before. And it's like, no, 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 this is real. Um, again, it's short sample, and I'm going to be watching probably every Purdue game for the rest of the season to track this and see where we're going. But he was doing things that he wasn't doing earlier in the year that just make these questions of how you guard him and how you minimize him that much more difficult. Like, yeah, he, I think I he agree with Mark when I'm thinking about it. He's probably going to get some drops early on, but I'm fine with that. Like I buy the shot enough, especially versus drop um, when he has some, theoretically you would have some time and space to get it off. Um, and then off ball, we hit on that stuff. Like you want it, you have to close out on him. Good luck there. I like running him off a DHO, getting him going downhill off of the catch and letting him flow right into attack. There's so many ways to use him with the tools and skill set. And we're still so far from the finished product. So like, I think the foundation has just gotten much more enticing to go along with the tools and flashes. I do want to talk about the playmaking. Um, also, quickly, that, I just want to like, obviously, like, I just, I just want to quickly say that like, Preferences with like stack queries are inherently fickle and then not something to rely on. But like, like if you just look at like the history of like guard size players who like really shoot in college and, and get to the rim, and like I'm, I'm approximating with that with like three point attempts and, and free throw rate, um, which you know, like Ivy is shooting nine and a half threes per 100. Like that's really, really crazy for a guy of his archetype. And he's like, he almost has a 50 free throw rate. Um, I mean, you have guys like Trey and Dame and Smart and Kemba and CJ McCollum. Um, and as you go down, like Isaiah Thomas. Um, and obviously, you know, it's not, not to say that he's like necessarily going to reach the level of those guys. But it's like a really, really, it's a really solid foundation. Um, and you have a guy who is that, um, who, you know, is, is that good at getting to the rim. Um, and like is shooting that many threes um, at this age. And even if you look at some of the, like the fails in here, like Nick Stauskas, Jimmer Fredette, 
um, Aaron Holiday, Shabazz Napier, just like obviously either too small or like not the level of athlete that that Ivy is. Um, so like, I mean, I, I just think like the, the scoring package is like potentially to be really rare, despite like the very obvious holes. I think that's where I've just been trying to like put my head at is like like I, I don't want to miss the forest for the trees with Jaden Ivy because I think like it, that that could be something to do, and it's just I, I think it's just like a very obvious mistake. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, too, because he uh, in terms of his package and what it's going to be at the rim, I'm I'm like, I, I agree. I, I, I think he's just at the level two where I, not that I don't care, but like he's going to get to the rim so often. I think he's just going to be able to rep out a lot of it or not necessarily even rep it out. Mm-hmm. But like he's just he's going to get fouled a shit ton, like kind of like what we, we've seen with Jalen Green this year, like Jalen Green is drawing an asinine amount of fouls. He's also shooting like 41% at the rim on non dunks, but we don't have to talk about that. But like, I mean, I do think uh, like he has shown some impressive moments of my close the personal rim. friend and person who I'm a big fan of Jalen Green. Just, just <laughs> Stop this. Okay. Can we just say though, the funny part is that you love Jalen Green. <laughs> like, Just, uh, yeah, that's, it's a whole other discussion. I'm like, I'm unironically and have like pretty much always been really pro Jalen Green. He's, he's great. And I just yeah. want to like, j- j- just for no reason at all. I, I want to make that clear <laughs> <laughs> for no reason at all. Uh, Houston, but Yeah, like, I don't know. I think, like, to me, I don't want to say that finishing craft is, like, super teachable or anything, but, like, I just feel like we've seen so many guys coming into the NBA with similar issues as at-rim finishers. Or not necessarily issues, but, like, being, like, I don't know, you – you you fail at the rim you learn to get better at the rim like there you, you just learn how to f- finish through contact find out pacing and to be better like i think that's going to be important like like we were talking about the intermediate game and finding spots for floaters like i think he has the inherent touch to be good on floaters and like once he adds that too like i think that'll make him even better finding the balance is going to be an interesting part because i think there are some guys who can really struggle with finding that balance once they do go from being you know, full steam ahead train wreck at the rim to like, oh, okay, well, sometimes I'm going to dribble left that and right. That feels like, like, at least anecdotally, like a pretty difficult thing to develop. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think, like, I think more than like, I mean, I mean, you think of a guy like Trey who like has always had that um, or, or someone, like, I can't really think of an example, you know, so much in the inverse. Um, but I think like balancing that scoring and like probing and like picking your spots, which is like a really, like, I think an underrated, like very important part of like being a scoring guard is like, it's difficult to improve. Um, and yeah, like, I, I don't know how great Ivy's going to be at it, but like, again, like, like there are so many other strengths here. I do. I want to hit on the playmaking though, before we kind of wrap this whole thing up, because I think he's a prime example of playmaking becomes a lot easier when your windows are laid out right in front of you and they're huge. Mm-hmm. And he puts a, he gets pain touches. He, puts a ton of pressure on the defense and those inherently open up lay downs and kick outs. So the processing necessary for him to became a, become a plus passer or even just carry value as a playmaker is obviously the bar is much lower for them. Someone who's going to be billed as a quote unquote connector or just doesn't win at point of attack as easy as Ivy does. With that being said, where are you guys at with regards to the high level reads and the stuff that could really take things to another level as an all ball player? I mean, he's not an awesome passer right now. I think he yeah. makes some solid reads and the ball placement can be okay. But, like, 
like you mentioned, I don't want to say that I don't care, but it's just like the, the selling point with him and who he's going to be is what he does with his scoring gravity and his athleticism. Um, like he's a guy to me, like I think I sometimes like over punch this phrase, but like he's a guy with primary capabilities who like would really benefit from being buffered by somebody who has some more advanced playmaking chops. Like, like again, like talking about having him play with I somebody like the Halliburton. He would be uh, him and oh man, that would be pretty perfect. Uh, two like extremely opposite players, exactly. Um, which they is, would be very fun playing off one another. But yeah, I like totally agree with Mark. Um, it's not that I don't care. I think it's the better way for me to frame it as like it'll be good enough. Um, where uh, you know, obviously, like basketball is not played in the vacuum, and we have to, you know we're grading tools based on so many or grading abilities based on so many things. It's not just like he's a B plus passer; he's a B passer. Like there's so many factors um, to consider, and I think Ivy will be good enough for for his role. Um, I think like I said, like he's already shown some ability to like hit the roller. Um, you know, I, I mean, he's pretty good at laydowns. I think at this point, I, I really don't. I think he struggles a lot more with like the skip passes, like the inside out and outside out stuff, which is, is kind of a trend to me with like a lot of guards who aren't like just the elite passers. Um, like, like if you're not like Sharif or, or like Giddy or someone like that, um, like I think a lot of them like maybe are able to make the lay down because it like, the, like if you're a really good scorer, like Jake said, the, the windows are huge. Um, but skips are skips in like the more, you know, more reading passes are a lot harder. And I don't know if Ivy's ever going to really be able to do that. Um, and I'm also not really sure like how much it matters for his ultimate ceiling, because like, if you like, if you really want Ivy to be like your primary decision maker um, who carries an offense, I think that matters, but I don't think he needs to do that to be a really valuable player. Um, someone who like, like attacking closeouts, running off of DHOs, coming off of pin downs or blade cuts. Um, like, I think, I think if you have him in like a four on three or a three on two, like as he, as he matures, he's going to be perfectly capable of making the right read the majority of the time. Um, and that's probably all it's all that's really going to take for him to be like a very valuable offensive player. So even though I, like, like I think like in a vacuum, if we're talking about like just pure passing ability and technique, I, I don't think it's anything special. Um, like you have to consider passing with, with, with the rest of, the player is just the same way that you have to consider scoring and, and defense with and shooting with, you know, what, what, what a player is holistically. So. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't really have many other crazy points other than just very briefly hitting on his ability and transition and just the burst and handling and space and all that stuff being amplified when the floor is wide open and the defense isn't set, which has just been really fun to watch this year. Um, but yeah, I think we kind of hit on him as a prospect, what makes him really, really, really enticing. Uh, and again, noting that it's still not perfect, but getting to actually see him, as you said, Ben, answer these questions in real time has been really awesome. Uh, what do you think of his defense? So um, off-ball stuff has not been too great in the recent games I watched. He's kind of just like roaming around, is prone to ball watching and getting back screened at times i actually do like his point of attack though like i think his screen navigation is good i think he's a like i I think he could be like legitimately really solid like like defender on a team that runs like heavy drop um like he's gonna be like very much a rear view block guy um like like he already does that like you said i think he does does well over screens um like his feet are really solid he's athletic um i think he's gonna be i I mean like i think it's quick but 
you know, if, I mean, we could obviously dive into the defense. I think he's going to be like a neutral to slightly above guard defender, which is like all you can really ask for, for, for a guy of that level. Yeah. I think I like, it just like, I, like, I don't need you being a great defender. Like if you are then fantastic. And he's probably like a top 15 player in his prime. Um, but I, I just don't need it. Like I just yeah. need him to be fine. And yeah, I think- I'm interested to see how he grows in it because I don't really love his point of attack defense right now. Um, like like you mentioned, I actually think he's like a solid chaser when he's engaged, he's and uh, yeah. like he like that's one of the things that's cool. Um, like he actually flows over screens pretty well, but it's just like yeah, how soon it's he the sees same them. like it's just, it's the same like sliminess. Like yeah. it's just like he like he just like, knows how to move his shoulders to get to get through things, which is really like cool. I just like like I, I love to like get polar to like to, to expound on this but like, yeah. it's just like like you can just wiggle through any space yeah um, and while like like the, the technique is rough like again like he's like a 19 year old college player who's like asked asked a lot of on offense like i just like like for guys like that i'm hard pressed to be that harsh yeah yeah i'm interested to see what like okay if, if he's if his man's in the corner what does he look like as a tagger, like that's the kind of stuff that I want to see too. Cause we just like, I feel like we haven't really seen that much at all at Purdue this year. So that'd be mm-hmm. something that would be interesting to see. But I also like, I mean, he covers ground so quickly. Like it, that's part of like, I don't want to be just like, oh, he's athletic. So he's going to be a good defender. But like, I think for the things he's going to be asked to do, like you mentioned, but I think he's going to be at least neutral. Um, Both offensively and defensively, like Purdue runs such like an A NBA offense and defense. So like, which again, like they run like, such an like just like so far away from like a lot of nba concepts on on both ends i think um which is obviously like a challenge um when it comes to to scouting anyone so i mean i I don't really know i mean i think he has like the fact that like he's this toolsy like you said and like i don't think he's like outright bad for his age like i think he shows flashes of instincts and technique getting over screens he's like like he has you know more lapses than you'd like and he's nothing special as an off-ball defender but like for his role and for what he is, um, like it's I'm cool with it. Yeah, I think it's mainly just it's kind of is what it is, uh, right? There are areas where he's good. There are areas where he could definitely improve. Yeah, but it's like I don't need it, it to be wonderful. Yeah, it's not why I'm drafting him, and it's certainly not going to be the reason yeah. why I don't draft him. It's kind mm-hmm. of where I'm at. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree. So, and I I will say just to stand in in solidarity to with uh our guy jake if i were if you put a gun to my head and said to rank the prospects i'd have ivy at probably at three as well um and that's you know probably more than you probably because of my disdain for some of the other guys um or maybe not but um yeah i, I think i'd have ivy at three um i don't think i could i don't really know if i'm going to get him into that like top tier for me because like i think chad and Pella are both really good um, but at the same time, like if you like really vehemently argued for him at like as as like number one, like I could understand it. Like I don't think I'd agree with it, but like, he's like that special of like a like he's like that special of a potential like creator of easy shots with the shooting and you know the, the passing enough that I could be like, all right, like I understand. That's my like hot, maybe hottish take for, for for the end of the podcast. If you made it this far, no, I don't think. I mean, it I. Is. T- I- yeah, I sorry, tweeted but... that exact same thing. I, I tweeted, I literally tweeted that exact same thing like four days ben's ago. Just a copy it's like cat. if you timeline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I don't I don't like he wouldn't be my first overall pick, but if you did, I would get it. I, I would. 
especially obviously needs to be the right team. And there are some teams where I probably wouldn't get it. We don't need to name them, but in a vacuum, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, definitely. Well, guys, this was awesome. I don't really think we need to hit on anything else. Um, ben, do you have anything fun that you want to plug before we get out of here? Um, no, I don't really <laughs> do anything anymore. Well, um, I thought I'd give you an opportunity. I, just... <laughs> I mean, like, um, every once in a while, I'll like get the urge to like write or create something and do it. And if Ben wrote a really play. great piece on on the importance of DHO operators oh, yeah, on a substack that, that I enjoyed. <laughs> Yeah, I did do that. That's that, yeah. that's right. Um, if you want to find me that, it'll be on my Twitter at um, bjpf underscore. Um, that's an at change from the last time I did a podcast, which was forever ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's it. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me, fellas. It was it, 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 it you know it, it was a good time. We we got to talk about you know IV and you know like the easy clamps of Jalen Duran. I mean, it's just seatbelt, like, I mean, you know, the, the way he locks guys up, so. Yeah, no, it was perfect. I had a great time. Well, Jake, this was fun. To everyone listening, thank you for listening. Uh, if you have not already, please be sure to go rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can rate us on Spotify. That's a thing now. Um, and most importantly, thank you for listening. Have a good rest of your day.